Welcome to For Good Measure, an interview series celebrating diverse composers and other creative artists, sponsored by a grant from the California Arts Council. I'm Nanette McGinnis, Artistic Executive Director of Ensemble for These Times. In this week's episode, we're joined by Nicholas Benavides, who we spoke to in October 2021. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Your compositions range from orchestral works to vocal, opera, brass, jazz, electronic, etc. What was the process of branching out to different musical styles like? With respect to branching out, I think there is an artistic answer, and then there's probably a realistic answer. (laughs) Um, The artistic answer would probably be something along the lines of, uh, I just feel so creative and I want to do so much. And and that's true, I guess. But realistically, uh, like most composers, I, I generally do things when people ask me to do them. So um, I think a lot of that branching out, which is which is half a joke, but actually half seriously, um, has to do a lot with the collaborative process between composers and performers. You know, uh, I think when I'm asked to do something like an opera, uh, which is actually something that I've always wanted to do anyway, I've always been trying to build towards it. Um, I, I write for those performers and what they want. Um, when I'm asked to write or play jazz with ex-jazz performers, I kind of bring the previous knowledge that I had from writing opera and back to jazz. And then when I'm inadvertently asked to write electronic music, as any modern artist is generally asked to write at some point or another, um, I'm kind of bringing all the baggage of writing acoustic music. Um, I think this comes from, uh, I didn't study classical music growing up. I studied rancheras and folk music. And I studied jazz in the high school jazz bands. And I never really played in orchestras. Um, I could read music and I could solo. But uh, for me, it just happened to be what I was doing at the time. Uh, When I got to school, I realized like, oh, I could just as easily practice funk music as I can practice opera, you know. Um, And so for me, it's just, I feel like I'm the same person. It's just different tools that I'm reaching for when I go for different mediums. Is there a type of music that resonates with you more than others? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so vocal music, you naturally get the story, you get the message. And then I think at the, at the peak of that, I enjoy writing music for the stage because then you get everything. You get costumes, you get symbols, you get acting. Um, so I think my favorite thing to write is opera. And if I could choose one genre to write in for the rest of my life, I think it would be probably opera because... I could do anything. I'm writing an opera that has mambo music in it. And, you know, I could pack that all in because the theatrical elements of opera buffer it and they, and they present it really nicely to the audience member. Which style has proved to be the most challenging? Can you describe the process behind composing a specific piece in that style? There are different ways in which I think writing music can be challenging. And I'm, I'm learning this probably as of this past year, maybe because of the pandemic, um, pieces can be challenging sometimes because they take a lot of time and effort to do. And I think for that, opera is very challenging. Uh, Opera takes me a lot of time um, to create, to understand, because everything has to be perfect. Um, The reason it takes so much time is nothing can be complete on its own. Uh, If the music were complete, the libretto and the story wouldn't be necessary. If the libretto and the story were complete, the music wouldn't be necessary. If I'm writing for dancers on stage, I better leave room emotionally for them to fill in that puzzle piece. So all that planning takes time. But I think uh, the ideas come quickly. Another way that things have been challenging for me is generally with electronic music, which I've dabbled with a lot. 
um, just the overwhelming nature of all the choices. Uh, it's, it takes me forever to decide what to narrow down to um, and what to focus on. And that is almost like a, like a mental puzzle challenge without a lot of writing or busy work, just a lot of sitting there going like this, wondering what the hell is this, is this plugin or connection on Max going to do uh, when a violin plays into it versus me singing into it, you know? Um, so I think I'm trying to find a healthy balance between all those different types of challenges. So I, I stay sane. Who or what are your primary musical influences? What role does identity play for you as a composer? I mean, I played music frequently, but it wasn't at the forefront. So I, I didn't really study it very seriously. I, I played it every day, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't training for competitions. I didn't, I didn't even know that competitions existed. Um, so for me, my influences were all in the jazz realm, in the progressive rock realm, in, you know, funk music, uh, folk music, rancheras, corridos. Um, a lot of songs that have been passed down for generations. Um, but things kind of changed, I think, you know, when, I, when you say influences, I really want to focus on like living influences, people who have affected me recently. So my very first influence would be my grandpa Garcia, who plays the accordion and taught me to play by ear all the traditional tunes, like, you know, El Asesino or La Feria de las Flores, you know, tunes that are kind of played, you know, at parties outdoors, um, just for fun. But as I got older, I went to conservatory and school, I had a lot of great teachers, um, I actually realized that none of them uh, really mirrored my experience in the world. A lot of them, you know, had elite training from a young age and they respected me no less. They were extremely generous with their time. Um, but as far as living influences goes, I didn't really find someone who really reflected my experience in the world in the same way until I met Ga Gabriella Anna Frank. Um, Gabriella, you know, she writes a lot of music from an identity point of view. And she writes operas and string quartets and chamber works. And she's a ferocious player. And getting to study and work with her has been extremely life-changing. Um, getting to hear from her that like, oh yeah, you know, I know that in, in school, voice students study French, German, Italian, you know, English. I know I was a voice student for a few years. Um, and, you know, you don't, you rarely study Spanish, but it's okay to write songs in Spanish or to write an opera about you know, Pachuco's in the 1950s. Like, why does it have to be Shakespeare or something classical? Um, and so I, I think Gabriella really helped steer the direction of, of my career after I met her uh, in particular. Thank you for listening to For Good Measure and a special thank you to our guest, Nicholas Benavides, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, Please subscribe to our podcast by clicking on the subscribe button and support us by sharing it with your friends, posting about it on social media, and leaving us a rating and a review. To learn more about E4TT, our concert season online and in the Bay Area, or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit us at www.e4tt.org. This podcast is made possible in part by a grant from the California Arts Council and generous donors like you. Four Good Measures produced by Nanette McGinnis and Ensemble for These Times and designed by Brennan Stokes. With special thanks to audio engineer extraordinaire Stephanie Newman. Remember to keep supporting equity in the arts and tune in next week for Good Measure.